You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. We we're talking about Super Ghouls and Ghosts. We've actually been playing the uh, the not the remaster, the Resurrection. That's what it's called. Ghosts, ghosts and Goblins. Or ghouls and ghosts, or ghouls and goblins. I always forget the combination. They keep changing it. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah, ghosts and goblins, and then it was ghouls and ghosts. Yeah, so I don't know what this new one is. Ghouls, and, ghouls and ghosts, goblins, maybe. Uh, whatever. Yeah, that that resurrection that came out. I think back in February, uh, and just finally got Love around that, to playing yeah. it because uh, uh, it's Halloween season, and uh, we're gonna actually gonna have a, an upcoming episode where we talk all about Halloween games, games we like to play around uh, Halloween to get you in the. In the, the spirit, and uh, I, I think that game's going to make an appearance because I have a lot to, to say about it. Uh, so tune in for that uh, episode later on this month. But before we get there, uh, Mark, you just had a little adventure, didn't you? A grand adventure. I did. We went to Orlando. Uh, where did yeah. you end up going? Went to Disney World? Yeah, so the whole trip was for Disney World, but we flew in and we got to our resort pretty early and we are like, eh, that's great. Let's go to Universal too. So we went to Universal oh, also. Yeah, you got to. So I mean, for the Harry Potter land, at least, you know, so yeah, we went to it's amazing. Went to the two Harry Potter parks and then, yeah, we went to Disney World. We went to Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah. Did the Star Wars stuff, right? Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah. we spent a whole day in Batu. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I always oh, judge shit. like how good of a Disney World time I had by the food. And I had breakfast, lunch and dinner in Batu, And it was amazing. <laughs> so, <wow>. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome, man. So it was it was a fun time. And, you know, I had a little bit of anxiety about the whole cleanliness of it yeah but yeah i would too what's funny is that we went to universal and then we went to disney world and then we came back and we still kind of felt really hyped so we went to six flags and i was like Ew, oh no it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big stark difference like golly this yeah. is nasty that's why it's uh 99 and uh hollywood studios right. is three times that amount there's uh you get what you pay for oh yeah, yeah. yeah. so what was your uh, what was your favorite ride or your favorite experience i mean I was really looking forward to the pan, like the Avatar stuff, and then oh. obviously, of course, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So, you know, I had I had been to Galaxy's Edge before, but it was just for a couple of hours, and I only got to ride the Millennium Falcon ride. Mm. So I was really excited to ride Rise of the Resistance, and it did not disappoint. And we actually got to ride it twice. So, uh, Jason, nice. I think you said the same thing, right, Jay? That was your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. We only got to ride that one once. Um, did you have to do the the check in like and be like speedy on the app to? to get checked in or was it since there wasn't so full was it a little easier so to get checked into it when we went it was the first day they converted it to a traditional queue <laughs> oh. um but we but we actually had a lightning pass so we would just check into the ride and they would say come back in two hours and then and then nice. we were able to just come back and ride it so we were able to do nice. that twice but yeah the line was 180 minutes at one point so oh, Damn. yeah we were worried we weren't gonna be able to ride it but we did and it, it's seriously such a good ride and it feels like a star wars experience and the storytelling is so good and the technology is amazing and wow it's amazing it's like a really awesome star wars experience and i love star tours like of course that's like my always my favorite ride oh, yeah. but somehow they top star tours like it's really yeah. good wow that's well, uh, strong yeah. words. And also the the food at Galaxy's Edge is actually pretty good, too. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You said uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's right. Breakfast was at the cantina. I had, a, nice. <laughs> had an alcoholic <laughs> beverage and some ice nuts or Tell something. me they have blue know, milk yeah. there. they got to have blue milk, right? Oh, the blue milk. 
The yeah. blue milk is better than the green milk, but they're both delicious. Oh, so. they got the green milk there too. Of course, forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> fresh from the teat of the tallest iron. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that what those things are called? That's what they're called. Pregnant seahorse-looking things. Yeah. Whales. <laughs> Uh, well, good. Well, I'm glad uh, you made it there safely. Uh, you said it's been a week since you came back, so uh, no COVID symptoms, we can assume. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and welcome you, the listener, to another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators right here on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joel, and as always, I am joined by Jay Gunn. Hello, Jay. Hello, hello. Uh, and once again, gracing us with his uh, video game knowledge and uh, Disney tales. Uh, fresh off of Orlando, Mark Samora. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is our uh, video game themed podcast where we get together every week to uh, talk about video games. Uh, sometimes it's a different topic, different genre, uh, or a different franchise, which is uh, the case today because this episode is all about Metroid, the Metroid franchise. We're going to be talking about, um, I think, all of the games, or at least the ones we've played. Which, uh, from the sound of the two of you, sounds like might be all of them. (laughs) Yes, Um, I actually I haven't played I haven't played Federation Force because I don't really consider that one a Metroid. I'm actually in the same boat. Hey, there you go, go. hot tapes already. (laughs) But before we get into that, uh, oh, let me do our little uh, spiel about where you can find us. We have a website. It's called 16bitgladiators.com, where we have links to subscribe to this podcast. We also have a Facebook page, 16-Bit Gladiators, and of course, a Twitter handle. Uh, you can follow us at 16-Bit Gladiators uh, and find out what topics we're talking about on a week-to-week basis. And as I mentioned, yes, Metroid, uh, the Metroid franchise coming on how many years? Probably about that 35 years. Seems like all the major Nintendo franchises are hitting that major milestone here. Uh, and all of the all the big games to follow, Super Mario Brothers, obviously, Legend of Zelda, Kid Icarus, if you consider that one of the uh, one of the OGs, franchise hasn't really taken off the way the other two have. Uh, yeah, and and somewhere in the middle uh, fits Metroid. I mean, Metroid is is much more loved in the West, and I think that's part of why Nintendo really hasn't pushed for it so much uh, over the years, just because it's not very popular over in Japan. Yeah, and they tend to. I mean, I don't want it to sound like a racist thing or whatever, but they, well, no, they yeah. tend to focus on what their their Japanese audience. Absolutely, it's likes. a Japanese company, and, and uh, so yeah, we we kind of get the the short end of the stick on it. Yep, but uh, luckily they haven't abandoned it. Uh, just when you think they're gonna never make a Metroid game again, uh, time and history have shown that uh, Nintendo's always got something up its sleeve when it comes to this franchise. I don't think they're ready to let go of the ghost, and uh, if presale numbers are to, to be believed. For uh, Metroid Dread, the upcoming Metroid Dread, uh, and the kind of the reason we're doing this podcast, yeah, I, I think we probably won't have seen the last of uh, Metroid. Yes. In fact, we already have another Metroid game announced that we haven't even uh, seen trailers for. No release date set for a Metroid Prime 4. We'll talk about that later. Prime 4, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, before we jump right into it, um, this just in. Uh, our trio has become a quartet. Finally, we've got Joe Cucinati joining us on Discord. Hello, hey, Joe. Hello. Joe, I'm glad you were able to join us uh, for this podcast. I know you were having some internet issues there, so glad to hear that that's worked out to explain uh, some audio that we're going to be playing here in a second. Now, Jay was kind enough to dig in, dig into his hard drive and find a file called uh, Unit Lost, I Died in Metroid. It's a little MP3 file. I'm going to play it here. I have not heard this. Mark has not heard it either. From bedroom days. Do we need to uh, set up uh, what the, what we're about to hear before we jump into it? 
a bunch of nerdy kids that weren't getting laid, but playing <laughs> yes. a lot of video games with each other, a lot of D and D. And this is kind of a, a a glimpse of just kind of every day. Like at, at any point, you could just walk in the room and run into this. While like like imagine there's like three four guys sitting around a TV playing a video game. Mm-hmm. There's David Calloway sitting in the corner playing a guitar. Uh, maybe Jay's strumming on a guitar too. Yeah, me playing you know, guitar. Like, David was one the was the one playing the game. He's playing the game. Uh, one of us, another one of us, would be sitting on like Jay's computer surfing something, mm-hmm. usually something inappropriate. Uh, and then you know maybe there was somebody else playing like a handheld. Like they, everybody was wow. kind of engaged while also being disengaged at the same time. Oh, I love it. Yep. And how did this audio come to be? So this audio comes to be, and you'll kind of hear it at the beginning of it. Like you, you hear, it's very quiet, but you hear a unit lost. And then you hear, oh, and it's basically <laughs> David is playing uh, Command and Conquer. Oh. And he, he gets he gets killed at something, get, you know, gets the unit lost thing that comes up there. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm sitting there just kind of dicking away, strumming on the guitar or whatever. I can't play for shit, but I'm just kind of strumming away. Mm-hmm. And I just suddenly get inspired. It's like, oh, ah, unit lost. This is gonna be a, this will be a song, and uh, so I start playing something, and then David goes off on to uh, start singing about how he died in Metroid, <laughs> and because he he had, he was playing uh, Metroid Two a little bit earlier, mm. and uh, so yeah, he kind of kind of narrates what happened during his his adventures in Metroid Two. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen. This is a minute and fifteen seconds. <laughs> Heard it. You're lost. You're lost. <laughs> they died. You Because they sucked. They sucked. Like a $2 hooker. Got ran over by tank. Like a $2 hooker. Yeah. <laughs> and we can make up really cheesy songs. Kick ass. Hell yeah. Yeah, bro. Died in Metroid. <laughs> I lost to a bat-looking motherfucker. <laughs> kind of soft. So I didn't really move that much. I'm in a pattern. I'm in a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, so fucking terrible. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's amazing! Crazy, yeah, crazy to hilarious. think that uh, none of us were having sex at that point. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like it's just crazy to think we weren't like just reeling it in. But what yeah. a what a photograph! <laughs> what an audio photograph of uh, that kind of moment in time and the way you had described it. Everybody kind of sitting there playing their own version of games and fucking around. Yeah, yeah man, that was uh, that was high school for so many of us back in the uh, the nineties or two thousands. Mm-hmm. If you're Mark, right? I think you're a little you're a little younger than us. Yeah, a little bit. I was in high school in two thousand four. So. There, there you go. go. Eh, close enough. Wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, thank you for digging that up and sharing it uh, with us and uh, our listening audience for this very special Metroid yeah, episode. Uh, all right, we've wasted enough time and stalled enough. Let's get right into the topic. Have a good one, guys. It was nice <laughs> talking to you. See you next week for uh, Metroid. 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 Let's talk about I some, know, Metroid. some Metroid. <laughs> that is forever going to be stuck in my head now. Thank you to that. Uh, all right, I figured the best way to do this since uh, there have been uh, dozens of Metroid games, almost dozens of Metroid games, 
is to just do it chronologically. We did it with the Mario Brothers episode. Listen to our Super Mario Games episode from back in February. We did it for our Legend of Zelda episode over the summer when we uh, mini-reviewed all of the Legend of Zelda games. And we're doing this uh, with Metroid. So what better place to start than uh, at the beginning in 19... Mm, had my notes up. So 87. Or, well, 86, technically. Yeah, 1986 is, uh, is what Wikipedia is telling me. When the original Metroid for the 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System was released, uh, and I don't know about you guys, uh, that was one of the first Nintendo games I played. It was Mario. Um, it was, you know, Excite Bike and Ice Hockey. Uh, and the, But Metroid was like the first kind of substantial NES game uh, you know, mm-hmm. aside from Zelda, which I wouldn't play for another couple of years, uh, that I had, and enjoyed on the NES. Anybody else play that back in the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Metroid, uh, I actually got, like, a, you know, I said back in the Zelda episode, I had actually gotten Metroid and Zelda uh, during the same year. Uh, I think I think Zelda was Christmas, and I think Metroid I got either for my birthday or both of them were for Christmas. Oh, but good anyways, it was... I, I, I knew about Metroid because I, uh, I had a buddy of mine that had... Because uh, this was before Nintendo Power even started, mm-hmm. but I had a uh, a buddy of mine that was subscribed to the the Nintendo fan club newsletter or oh, something yes. like that, and and they had a whole like thing on on Metroid that was coming up because it had gotten released in Japan in in '86, mm-hmm. but it wasn't coming over here until '87, and so I I had poured over all of the all the maps that they had produced for it, which mm-hmm. you, know, you know, at the time were like screenshots of the, of the actual in-game yeah, map. You needed it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just kind of just being like, Holy crap, this is a, a video game. This is like possible to do in a video game. Cause you know, <laughs> at the time with Mario, it was like, you could only move forward and mm-hmm. you couldn't turn around and go backwards. And you certainly weren't so going up or down. Having something, yeah, yeah. Having something that could go either direction, and you had this whole map that was like a maze that twisted and turned around over itself, and all yeah. these places you could go. It just blew my mind. And, you know, I had no idea what Zelda was. And so when I got this gold card, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so, but yeah, that was that year was like the birth of the, of the, the obsession that I've had with both of these games. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I remember playing into my uh, buddy's house and us having the graph paper. Uh, because yeah, the original Metroid does not doesn't have a map view. You can't see where you've been or where you're going. Uh, so uh, you got ingenious and got the graph paper out, and we kind of drew where where the little grid went. Um, yeah, I didn't and care. Came up with like your own symbols to figure out what 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 were doors, what were power up items. <laughs> That's right. So you do. Yeah. Or, or the skull and crossbones, which is uh, where not mm-hmm. to go because you're not powerful yep. enough to go to that part of the map yet. Um, and that's <laughs> that's become one of the staples of uh, Metroids. We did a an episode on Metroidvanias here a couple of months ago. Mark was on that one as well, I believe, uh, where we talked mm-hmm. about some of our, our favorite games that were inspired by by this genre, this game, uh, and and to a lesser extent, I would say Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You know, Metroidvanias would not be were it not. Why did you uh, stop disrespecting Symphony of the Night? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, uh, really easy for a game to uh, eight years later come out and uh, and tack on to what Metroid had started and continued with uh, a whole franchise of games. But yes, uh, that original Metroid, the idea that you there are just some places you can't go yet because you need a, a power up or you need a special gun in order to uh, to get you to the next level and sometimes that meant backtracking and uh finding different yep. ways be being ingenious uh, i remember the first time i blew up accidentally a part of a wall you know you get that power when you can roll into the ball and uh, now you can drop bombs 
and I was just like, "What?" And then you can like roll behind the uh, the scenery, and uh, yeah, it, it it felt like uh, going to the warp pipes in uh, Super Mario yep. Brothers. Like somehow I was breaking the game, even though clearly yep. the uh, the developers intended it to be that way. Joe, uh, I imagine you also played the original. What were your thoughts and feelings back in '86? Yeah, uh, much like you, it was one of the first games I played. I played Super Mario Brothers. I played Duck Hunt, uh, Mm -hmm. Zelda, obviously, and Metroid. Uh, Of them, I liked originally Metroid the least. Uh, I was not a fan of the game. I thought that uh, it it wasn't until I was an adult that I gained an appreciation for it. But I still look at the original Metroid and feel like it's a bit of a sloppy game. Uh, it's yes. a it's a yeah. lazy game. Uh, any game that's like, and there's a difference, and I, and I'll kind of explore that here in a second. But mm-hmm. like, the fact that you give no story and no really like you know bearings, you're just kind of dropped in the middle of something. And yep. this is kind of like with Nintendo video games changed. Like to go from the Atari generation to Nintendo, mm-hmm. we were getting like kind of more narrative driven games, you know, and it wasn't quite clear what metroid was and so this whole thing where you're kind of finding out you're picking up powers you're doing this i can't give a developer credit for just giving me a power and then telling me like now try using that everywhere (laughs) and see if you can find somewhere to use it whereas like with zelda there was kind of a flow like if you were going through like uh, one of the labyrinths and you you kind of started to kind of recognize there might be a secret wall here there might be a door here and you'd bomb and look around Mm -hmm. Also, we talked about this uh, on the Super Mario episode with Mark. Uh, the Mario games are so good at, like, kind of teaching you right. what it is you need to do with the levels. And, like, so that way, as you continue to play, you start to incorporate the things that you've subconsciously learned. And the original Metroid did not do that. And it no, really should have. It would have benefited from that. For me... Metroid is a great game, and it was the start of something beautiful, but it wasn't until much later when it finally peaked and hit like what it should have been, and it, it hit its potential. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I, I, you know, as much as I love the first game, if if I was recommending games for somebody new to the franchise to to oh, yeah. come in and, and get started with it. I would not recommend the first game. I I would only recommend the first game as like if you have this completionist mindset to where right. you have to play everything yeah. the, available for it. But otherwise, yeah, definitely definitely go with zero mission if you want to start at the beginning because it 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 was a, a an updated version of it that for the most part, I mean, it it followed the exact same uh, story and it it went to all the same places. It just expanded a little bit upon it, yeah. added some more enemies, but it also brought all of the gameplay up to more modern standards. Oh yeah, uh, giving you the map that you can yes. that you can look at and, Not just and be map, able to it, it keep bearing the narrative to that story and, that it needed. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of the narrative was introduced in the instruction booklet, and even then yes. it was like, yeah, it was like kind of done. It felt like it was done by a B team that didn't really understand the game itself, kind of, and they kind of made up <laughs> yes. their own. Mark, I remember reading that thing, and it was like full of words I didn't recognize, like <laughs> yes. Samus Aran exploring Zebes, and I'm like, I don't know what half of these things <laughs> are right now. Yeah, it doesn't do a great job. And so my experience with the original Metroid was I inherited my NES from family because mm. this was in the mid-90s. And I didn't have the instruction booklet. 
And so I played Metroid and it too was my I had like 12 NES games and that was my least favorite because it starts off really good. You're in this level, yep. you go forward, you can't go forward anymore, so you go backwards and you find the ball and then okay, I have the ball and from then on you're lost. I mean, the yep. everything looks the same. You're on these vertical yes. levels that all look completely identical forever. Yeah, too. that first game is Oh yeah, and that's what how I played it. I would say, "Oh, this is fun. I can get the ball and then I'm just going to explore these caverns." But I never ever made any progress until I was way later in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, have any of us beat yeah. that original Metroid? Oh yeah, several times. Yeah, eventually. All right, yeah. We've all beaten mm-hmm. it. Well, there you go. It's it's a yeah. good and here's the thing, it's a good game after you have the context of like two or three right. other titles. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. once you kind of get how Metroid works, you're like Oh, okay. I'm gonna go back now and play that first one. And suddenly things click. It still sucks that there's no map because yes. even being a Metroid professional, you will still get lost in that game. Yeah. But yes, yeah. yeah, like I, I don't mean to sound like I'm dogging on it because it is a good game. It was in- innovative, but it was executed a little poorly. Yes. Uh, that... Yeah. The technology wasn't ready for it. I think is that like it, it was such a big ambitious idea that not all of the information you need could fit on that card, and it's just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great, like, it's like a great prototype, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. What kind of blows my mind, though, mm-hmm. with emulators now, there is a, a project called Messin, which is, um, it's, a, it's an emulator for the NES system, and it has the ability to load in HD texture packs for, uh, for, all, the old, for all the old games, so people can go in and basically just up-res all the sprites if they want to do this and, and make a you know, make it look good. Somebody has taken the original Metroid. They put in the Super Metroid sprites. Oh yes. And yeah, and they and they've basically upresed everything in here. But they've also gone to the extent of building in a map. So when you pause the game, it actually has a map that shows up, and you can nice. scroll around it and look and kind of get your bearings where you're at. It's like, how the hell do you do this in like? assembly language is what you have to program in to, to do this. It's nuts. Dedicated Metroid fans out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. No, I think we all agree on that first one. Uh, it was great at the time. Uh, it, it set the standard, but it has uh, since been passed by well, yes. probably almost Absolutely. every game uh, later on this list, uh, save for maybe <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, you, know who, you know who you are. Other M. Uh, okay, and I I really admire that y'all were drawing maps because when I played that <laughs> game, that did not even cross my mind. I was like, "Is this just like a <laughs> cave simulator?" Like I have no idea. I would have never have thought. Let me be a cartographer. That's amazing. <laughs> to me. Well, you fall down that same hole over and over again, and uh, yeah, you need mm-hmm. something to to help speed that game along. Uh, all right. Well, it wasn't until uh, a few years later, nineteen ninety one, five years that we would get a a sequel. Uh, and uh, while it is technically uh, Metroid 2, Samus Returns. Was it called Samus Returns back in the day? The Return of Samus. Yeah. There you go. The Return of Return Samus. Of Samus. Yeah. For the original Game Boy. Uh, a lot of people didn't play it. And, uh, I myself am included in that simply because I didn't have a Game Boy when it was uh, first uh, oh, released. Wow. Um, anybody play that uh, back in the day when it was released? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah this was the first yep. one that I beat. Mm. Um, it was... It's a much more linear Metroid game, which yeah. I know kind of, you know, it, it's the most un-Metroidvania Metroid game. Uh, yeah. But it's it's such a good game. And when Jay was talking about, like, what he would tell people to start on, this is the Metroid game I would tell people what? to start with. Like, oh, start with this one. On the Game oh, Boy? Yeah. No, start... 
start with this one because it it, wow. it doesn't give you like the whole experience of like exploring the caverns, but it's easy to pick up. It's easy to play. It's very like the story to it is very straightforward and it's fun. Like it's super fun. You still have like that challenge that all Metroid games have where it's like if you beat it in this much time, you get this or you could play as this or you could see Sam and Samus wearing a, a, a clown suit or whatever. <laughs> like there there's there's enough to it that it, it's fun it's challenging uh and and man i i loved the hell out of it uh it's it's a really good game it's not my favorite of the series yeah. but it's again it's a great place to start if you want to get steeped into the metroid lore yes and move on like it's a good place to kind of start your journey cuz they even like really brought in story elements into this one too because you know, in in the first one, it was it was basically you got this little screen on the beginning that was just, uh, you know, uh, go to Planet ZBs and and destroy the Mother Brain, and right. that was that was basically it. Uh, but this one, like you actually had this whole story of, you're you're now. You you found the home planet of the Metroids, and now you need to go in and eradicate all of them, mm-hmm. uh, because they're just they're a threat to the entire galaxy. So you. You you go there and then you start you find like these desiccated corpses of Metroids and it's like what the hell is this and as you keep you know keep exploring further all of a sudden you find one that's it's fully intact and then it splits open and this other Metroid starts coming out of it yeah. and it's like holy shit this is just like the larval form of these Metroids yeah. they, they've got like this whole ecology that that builds up out of them it's. Just mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love it. It builds it builds the myth of the Metroid so much more than that first game could, uh, and, and and kind of it makes this world feel like it's bigger. Like it's there there is some life to it. Well, let's talk yeah. a little bit about yeah. this lore there. Uh, let's unpack it a bit because if you've never played a Metroid game, uh, that seems unlikely. You'd be listening to this podcast, but let's just pretend you do. Uh, so let's take that uh, ten thousand yard. Uh, look at uh, Metroid. Mark, I know uh, we've asked you to be on this podcast because uh, you expressed an interest in it uh, and kind of proclaim yourself a a huge fan of the Metroid lore. Uh, What was it about the story? Was was it uh, Metroid 2 for you as well that you kind of started getting steeped in that story? Oh yeah, for sure. I think there's a reason like when they remade that first game, they called it the Zero Mission because that's, Mm -hmm. Metroid 1 is really like Metroid Zero and Metroid 2 is really like Metroid 1. The first one. We're going to start dealing, we're going to start diving into the Metroid stuff and we're going to start exploring what what these beings are and yeah, so for me it was Metroid 2 and I agree. I think if if you're here for the story, Metroid 2 Return of Samus is probably the one to start with. Nice. Yeah. Who who yeah. is Samus Aran or Samus Aran as I've been corrected? But I'm sorry, Samus Aran sounds so much better. I, I, Joe, I heard you say it earlier too. Can we all agree that that's how we'll pronounce it on this oh, podcast? Yeah, I I don't know how to how it's pronounced. I'm sure Jay does. It's Samus uh, Aran. Samus Aran. Yeah, but yeah. we always said Samus Aran, right? No, yeah, it sounds uh, that's too much I've like the country. Samus Aran. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah. All right, oh, Mark. Wow. Mark, yeah. you got I, for yeah, the longest time. You've always I was called like, your dad Bill, so I can't <laughs> really that's, true too. Yeah. that's true. That's true. That's um, so oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for the for the longest time, like I didn't know if I was pronouncing it correctly, and yeah. it wasn't really until I guess YouTube and yeah. and seeing like Nintendo. Uh, it was probably other M when they were uh, finally starting to market that one. Yeah. And they they said her name, and I was like, 
Oh, I have been saying it correctly all this time. Okay, cool. Mark, Mark how did you pronounce it? Because I, I heard people pronounce it like Iran as well, and so yeah, yeah I, I think it was sure. Smash Bros. For me, I think at one point he didn't just say Samus; he said like her full name. So, mm-hmm. but I I still go back and forth. I think it's like it's like Twi'lek in Star Wars. You can say Twi'lek or Twi'lek, and both are correct because it's space and it's a big galaxy. So you're going to pronounce <laughs> things differently. So all right, there you go. You know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Very politically correct on this podcast. Uh, well, she'll always be <laughs> Samus Aran to me. Uh, and uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I'm glad. Call her tits the space <laughs> bounty hunter. <laughs> Mark, uh, you weren't here last week uh, to hear my theory. Not necessarily my theory, but, uh, you know, we've always talked about a Metroid movie. It'd be great to finally get a, a Metroid film or maybe a TV mm. series. Uh, and I was positing that we already have a Metroid TV series in the form of uh, Mandalorian, because uh, here you've got a, a bounty hunter that is uh, clad in all armor. You never see his or her face. Uh, goes around to uh, different planets, comes across uh, a baby alien creature that has uh, dangerous powers, uh, and then has to take it under its wing, and uh, it, it plays a larger part. It sounds to me like fucking Metroid. Oh yeah, that's that's actually a really good point. I I really like that. Still not getting any traction with any of you guys about this uh, Mandalorian. No, because there's only no, one episode I... where there's only one episode where Mando's like traveling around exploring a cave, uh, <laughs> and that's when he fights a bunch of ice spiders. And like every other time, he's you know in space or on land or on sea. Like, in the bones he's more like GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is by land, by sea. <laughs> or by, by air, air. Uh, <laughs> no i i give you hell it, it is a good comparison right. i still yeah. try to figure out what like the primary antagonist because we know what that is in metroid mm-hmm. like the it's yeah. not really the same in mandalorian though that's yet right. that's where the yeah. uh yeah the similarities uh uh d- dissipate when you look well closer. i would disagree because mm-hmm. a lot of no the... you can't no <laughs> i stop he's agreeing is, with that's me be a quiet. really good comparison because <laughs> the antagonist of Mandalorian, at least the first two seasons, is the Empire because they want the baby to steal its powers for technology, and that's uh, actually that's Metroid. That happens a lot in the Metroid game. So, <laughs> thank you, Mark. Thank you. Mando <laughs> is Metroid. All right. Uh, well, I feel good about that. So uh, let's move on before you guys can. Uh, that's <laughs> complain. pretty good. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I mentioned earlier. Yes, I'm glad that you're all on this podcast because you all sound like you've played almost all of the Metroid games. I uh, sadly have only played three. Uh, the original, uh, part two that we mentioned, and uh, this next one, which uh, for my money, you don't really need to play another Metroid game if you're playing Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo, released in, uh, what was that, 1994? 94. Which is a few years after, three years after the release of the Super Nintendo. I forget, mm-hmm. it came out relatively late in its uh, in its lifespan, but uh, went on to become uh, some, what some people consider the greatest Super Nintendo game, uh, which... If you're talking the greatest Super Nintendo game, you're talking about one of the greatest video games uh, ever created. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody here is going to. They packed gonna... a lot into that cart, man. They yeah, packed they a whole lot of game into that. Yep. And, and what you were saying earlier, Mark, about uh, the original Metroid being very ambitious and the technology's just not being able to keep up. Well, uh, they finally got what they needed in the Super Nintendo because you've got so many different worlds and creatures and sounds and music and detail just this game is brimming with uh, little secrets and detail for you to find from the audio design to uh, just the graphics themselves and the animations uh, and, and and one of the things we haven't yet talked about about Metroid games and what makes the best ones great uh, are, is the atmosphere we talked about it a bit yes. in our in our Metroidvania 
uh, episode where um, you know a lot of those games, not all of them, you know, games like Guacamelee that are a little more bright and cartoony, but uh, a lot of the other kind of Metroid clones have that kind of dark, you know, sense of loneliness. Yeah, loneliness and foreboding. Yes. Mm -hmm. When when Super Metroid, you know, when it when it came out, it was not only did it did it continue the story and it picked up right where you know Metroid Two left off, Mm -hmm. but it, it got you started on essentially like a whirlwind. Like you you went in to this research lab that's gotten attacked and oh, then yeah, all of a sudden opening. you're ambushed yeah you get ambushed uh by ridley who you defeated in the first one so it's like holy shit how is he back and he steals the the baby metroid and you chase him off as the as the research station is blowing up all around you and you 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 track him back to that planet that you were at at the beginning at the uh first metroid yeah. planet zebes again and it's like you you get down and for me especially having played that first one it was like just this this wave of nostalgia as you go down that, yes. that elevator and it drops you off where the first game picks up and it's yeah. like Holy oh my shit. god it's like I'm back uh, and uh, yeah it's crazy it's just the the way that they used music and this, the sound design I guess in that game it, it, it basically puts you in this world like it it, more so than any other game i had played uh prior to that the music the music is a character uh like you instantly recognize locations based on the music that you're listening to as soon as you go into a door like and that's just like such such a huge leap from playing that first metroid game where just everything felt the same everything looked even when they would change the color palette it still kind of felt mm-hmm. like you were in the same damn area but yeah. metroid super metroid rather uh did such a great job of like the minute you went in that door and like you transitioned to another area like in the music change you're like oh okay i know where i am like yeah. it, it's nice to learn like these very subtle like breadcrumbs that they can leave for the players to kind of keep their bearings and stuff it's that's where they really started the the programmers really started to get very smart with what they were doing uh i know we're talking about the music but one of the things that struck me immediately and probably about all the snes games Mm -hmm. but almost mostly for metroid was like the character like this the samus animation like yeah yes just the detail that went into character sprite was amazing. Yeah. Like there were so many things going on. Like if you were looking at it, there's like little like reflections and like lights and and blinks and stuff like that. Like there was, uh, well, I don't I don't know how you would how you would put it. Like there was just something robust about yes. the character, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like this robustness of actually, color and dimension. Yeah, you would actually see things like her shoulders rising and lowering as she's breathing. Yeah, and you see yes. like her her hand on her on her arm cannon like when you would change mm-hmm. up your missiles her hand would shift and do different things so That's like right. she's pressing buttons to to change up on the arm cannon and it's like oh dude it wasn't just like a a palette swap like in the first one when you'd go to missiles you would actually see like the front of the cannon open up and yes. it had like a you know the little, the little well, the shoulder pads would get higher wider mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 and also like the way even like to the death animation of her is oh, like yeah. so visceral and it's just yes. it's like a character like you really believe that you're in controlling a 
character and it, it's on the super nintendo which is crazy but like when you die you know she's like ah she's I know. Yeah. It's like whoa like this is different this is so yeah. detailed like it's detailed is like probably the word i would use when, to describe yeah. that game there's when did you guys tell in the world there's little creatures running around there's just all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff going on i do love that when you like walk in the door and it's almost like cockroaches you turn the lights on and they just kind of all scatter and just yes. little, little yeah, touches yeah, like yeah. that now you talked about uh samus aaron samus aran uh, being female, when did you guys first find out? Uh, was it when you played the first game? Mark, had you known when you started Metroid uh, 3? Yeah. No, I thought... So, uh, I lo- played Metroid games, but I didn't follow the lore too closely, mm-hmm. and I, it wasn't until the first Smash Brothers came out for the Nintendo 64 <laughs> that I was like, oh, this Samus character is really cool, and I think maybe even maybe Halo had already been out by the time I played. I don't remember, but there was like it was like, oh, this is just another Space Marine. But then, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but there was this, like, exploit you can do in Smash Bros. where if you electrocuted Samus and you paused the game at the right moment, you could see underneath her suit. And it was like a <laughs> naked woman, basically. Yeah. And, of course, you know, when you're in elementary school, you're like, ha-ha, naked woman. Um, yeah. So that's when I found out Samus was a girl. I mean, just elementary school. Just elementary school. <laughs> right. I found out. I found out when I was like in grade school on the bus. That's when we would have like mm-hmm. there were always these like third party published like secret video game tips, like those books. Yep. And that's when I discovered the Justin Bailey code. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. We forgot to talk yeah. about that and for the original one. Yeah. Put, put that one in, uh, and that's when if you put that code in, you would have like all the power ups and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and it would be Samus without her suit. Uh, and so that kind of blew my mind at first because you know uh, I was raised in the you know the patriarchy and uh <laughs> and so every hero should be a man i guess yeah uh but it, it's cool because that that definitely like broke that barrier for me early on where i was like oh women can be like cool heroes too and then that would like uh, open things up for me where i would end up digging on characters like batgirl and she hulk yeah, like you go. Wow. not like wonder woman who's like all like sexy with her whip and her and her lassos and stuff but like actual strong confident yeah. heroes Badasses. that were women and i was like okay I th- that's legit and i think i had samus to thank for that nice i'm nice. glad yeah. that one of us or one of like somebody grew up from that because i feel like that's still kind of a trope these days is like here's a big armored cool character guess what it's a girl it's yeah. like, oh what like people are still yeah. doing that and i think yeah samus is definitely the first one that i can think of where it's like oh what this armored soldier bounty hunter even in the instruction booklet for the first metroid i wanted to bring this up it labeled samus as a he yeah oh, oh yeah. Label- yeah i didn't i didn't know if they were ever gender specific in the in the manual that's fun well every now and then it'd be like oh you know his his gun can turn to in the beginning. Yeah. It was oh, like, wow. Samus is a wow. mysterious bounty hunter, but later it's like, Oh, he, his gun can do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then and if you, I think, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think that goes back to kind of what you were saying about how the, how the, the book, the, the instruction manual doesn't seem like it was really written by someone who either <laughs> yes. played the game or understood the game. Um, because I, I think they had they they would have kept yes. it that gender neutral. You think one of the programmers would have right. uh, went over to the instruction booklet guys and been like, "Hey, uh, you're gonna have to reprint pages five, six, and eight because uh, you got all, yeah. these, all these pronouns everywhere." <laughs> guys, right. what if it was like a cool Boba Fett situation where like Samus was a he, but this chick came along and like stole the armor Ooh. and like took on the the. The oh, moniker of Samus. Like Aaron. That. That'd be fun. Do you think they would ever do that That'd in reverse? Cool, yeah. Where Samus will become a man at some point? 
Somebody will take over? No. no, they would never do that. I don't no. know that yeah, I don't think they'll ever do that. They, they have in introduced. That. Yeah. I mean, they have introduced other <laughs> bounty hunters. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just saying, I mean, they have introduced other bounty hunters now uh, in the lore. So that's true. It's not just like Samus is the lone, you know, the lone galactic bounty hunter that's out there. There, there are other ones out there now. So, mm. uh, and there's one game mm. where you can actually play as different bounty hunters, oh. uh, but only in multiplayer mode. Um, but then in the rest of them, it's you know you're you're playing Samus, but you, you do interact with other bounty hunters. Well, uh, foreshadowing, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, hey, before yeah, we move yeah. on, uh, and I think. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Good. I was going to say, I think this is also a good moment to just, uh, you know, I always like to praise the developers and Gunpei Yokoi, I believe that's his name, uh, who worked at Nintendo. He was the one who came up with like the Virtual Boy and a bunch of other stuff. But that's right. his experiences in fired. life are what. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, his experiences in life are what shaped like a lot of what Metroid is. And I think it's so cool that he really fought for Samus to be a woman. Oh. And he was like, you know. He was very forward thinking. Unfortunately, he's like long passed away now. But um, he's definitely like one of my game development heroes. He he's done a lot of cool stuff at Nintendo, and he had an interesting upbringing. So if anybody's ever curious about that, definitely there's good books about him. So look it up. Yeah, yeah. nice, absolutely. Hey, before we move on, in my hypothetical uh, movie slash TV show of Metroid, who do you cast as Samus Aran? Who's your recast? Or cast? I have a controversial one that no one agrees with. Ooh. Uh, I'm enticed. Let's hear it. I yeah. I really think Hillary Duff could make a great sense. <laughs> yeah, I agree with it. What? I agree with that actually. Why? Where's this coming Wait, from? No, Hillary Duff. No, I'm thinking Hillary Swank. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that would be Hillary good Duff. too. But that I, I think Hillary Duff could do it. What, what What has she ever done that would make you think that? I wish I I, I came up with this idea like 15 years ago and i wish i could remember what i saw that made me go like i think she's my samus if i ever made a movie like i she mean would be the one you know what but... she is blonde right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. she's blonde yeah yes. you, you see she's that when, when she dies in, in it's, uh Metroid. it's very it's very difficult it's very difficult to change your hair color though like if you're another <laughs> actress it would be, yeah. it'd be impossible, <laughs> impossible. nobody yeah. ever does uh, that we could never do that i um i don't think mine is quite as controversial um i don't if you guys have ever seen the carl urban movie dread um, oh, she played Judge Anderson. Yes. Olivia Thirlby. She's I great. Think would be a really good Samus. That's I love that. She's in um, she's in the TV show of Why the Last Man. Mm. Uh, she plays Hero. Jay, what about you? Uh, I I would go with either like my initial thought years ago was somebody like Charlize Theron. Yes, Curiosa. Um, but now. I'm also, and I'm I'm trying to remember her name, um, uh, Brianna or Brienne from Game of Thrones. I can't remember the actress's name offhand though. Gen- General Phasma or Captain yes. Phasma from Star Captain Wars? Phasma. Oh, yes. Shit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she's uh, tall and imposing. Got a lot of stature. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I like a little more femininity in my Samus Aran. I'm going to go with a Samara Weaving because you're sexy. But, have you, well, but have you seen her though? Like, oh, like. Yes. Out and about, like on on the red carpet and stuff, she has the femininity. She's just she has the She's tall big. and imposing as well. Yeah. So yeah. All right. I feel like by the yeah. time you add the suit 
She's like, Joel's like, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it in my head because yeah, she's already be see in in my mind, uh, Samus is already kind of like spindly, almost kind of like an Aeon flux, like very spindly, mm-hmm. and uh, you need somebody like Samara you know, weaving. Yeah. yeah, but they that's that's kind of how she's currently being depicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But look, Jay, we all back. get to pick our own versions of Samus. Okay, <laughs> if Joel <laughs> wants to have a stereotypical man fantasy version of Samus, just, let him have it. I do. I'm just saying, like back in much. back in the in the Super Nintendo when when Super Metroid came out, there was a a comic uh, that was run in Nintendo Power, and it was um, uh, for Metroid Super Metroid. And they basically they had Samus for the you know for one of the first times like you could actually see her. They had a, like a cutaway of the suit with her in the in the mm-hmm. wearing it, but also having like the the armor and stuff on there. And it had like stats like height and age and things like that. And in in that she's like six foot five. Oh Jesus! All right. But now she's more like. Five foot eight, you know, and in, in the more later iterations of it, I think so it's like fudge that for Smash Brothers, so that way she can yes. kind of be a little bit, yeah, yeah, closer to like the Zelda model, so they can build off of that. Well, I know that Brie Larson was um, going for the role. She said, "I would love to play yeah. Samus in a movie." I'm okay that with actually, that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. But, <laughs> but that actually, that actually came up recently on uh, on Reddit on the Metroid uh, subreddit. Somebody brought that up as. And of course, you got the trolls that are like oh, yeah. shitting on her because of of things that she said or whatever, or things that have been taken out of context. And but then you got the other people that are like, no, I mean, like if you go back and actually get the full context of what was being said, no, so, nobody yeah. has time for context on the internet, Jake. Basically, yeah, yeah. 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 My my opinion has nothing to do with what she's said or done. It's just. I mean, I liked her in, like, one movie. I like yeah. her in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I even think her Captain Marvel is a little, like, a little weak. So, yeah. She's a little, yeah, a little think, wooden on the actress. I think she's a bit of a crummy actress. But I was, I was going to yeah, say, yeah, I do. People, I do. Were, people were bringing that up that she was good in Room. She got the Oscar for it, I think it was. Dude, and Cuba Gooding Jr. was good in Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Marissa Tomei. Marissa yeah. Tomei was. No, I, I mean, she's saying. good in everything. But yeah, yeah she's she's great. And also that role of Captain Marvel, a little too similar now to uh, Samus Aran in some ways. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Is like I think people just see a woman in space and they're like Samus. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're very very quick yeah. to misogynist shoehorn people in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say about uh, Super Metroid before we move on? Um, no. It's good. <laughs> uh, I will say that Super Metroid of the Metroid games, mm-hmm. it's the one that I have the most fun watching people speed run, especially yes. when they're doing races. When people yeah. are racing Super Metroid or doing like randomizers, like, ah, oh, it's amazing watching these people who have played the game. I think more so just the speed runs, though, seeing the, the, the strats and the tricks that people have learned to do mm-hmm. to bypass areas before they actually have the abilities that should have yes. unlocked it. <laughs> it's just genius and such a treat to watch. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, yes, Super Metroid uh, still lives on. It's one of the better games in the franchise to this day. Uh, but it would be a while. It would be like seven years from uh, that one before we got another Metroid sequel. Um, it, it skipped right over to the Nintendo 64, which I would have thought, you know, yeah. they, they, they did a Mario 64, they did basically a Zelda 64 in Ocarina of Time, uh, and really surprised they never did uh, uh, Metroid 64, but I guess I'm kind of glad because that meant they put all their energy and, and, and uh, talent into uh, what would come out in 2002 for the GameCube, 
which was uh, the first 3D Metroid uh, in Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime. But Prime. I believe a Metroid was in the works for the 64, but yeah. that's when yeah. Gunpei Yokoi passed away, actually. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. yeah. and, they, and I know that they were running into issues with uh, during development of it because they were trying to do it in the, in in a 3D uh but they were trying to do like third person 3D and and mm-hmm. just not it wasn't playing the way that they wanted it to go ah. um so yeah it 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 kind of kind of got into development hell mm. didn't fusion and prime kind of release same time. at the same yeah. time the exact yeah. same day i believe yeah, because I, I thought there I was like an interact day, yeah. an interactivity between the games. Like if you put yeah. the Game Boy Player yeah. or something, you could like you could hook it into the you know if you were playing Fusion or Prime, you could hook Fusion in and get like some. Po- I can't remember. I think it was man. the suit. They might have given you the suit, suit, right? Yeah, he got the yeah. Fusion suit. Going back to Prime. <laughs> I don't have much to say because I've never played any of the Metroid Prime games. Wow. That, oh, shit. Well, oh, my God. Joe, that is uh, that Whoa, makes two of us. Dude. You and me both. I have not played. I own them. Uh, one of them twice, but uh, still have not gotten around to playing any of the Metroid uh, Prime games. I've, I've got to be honest. The idea of playing Metroid in a 3D kind of environment mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I'm, it's an unpopular opinion. I'm probably going to get booed, get a lot of hate mail. <laughs> not interested kind of don't care for it like mm. i like my metroid the way i like it i like being able to see it from the side that there's kind of a, a style to metroid and to me metroid part of the character of metroid one of the defining characteristics is being that side you yeah. know adventure kind of dungeon crawler i don't know if dungeon crawler is even the right the right term for it but just it's that, that adventure yeah. game but like to to put me in like a first person point of view on that careless it turned me way off wow you know and i i I kind of had that opinion uh when it was first announced that they were doing you know they were doing metro prime and they were switching over to this first person view and this was by decree of um uh, miyamoto Mm -hmm. saying you know you need to do this as a first person game um well, he should have like, stopped being so selfish, and he should have called himself Weemoto instead of Miyamoto. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, the the when when that was in development, it was it was basically I was very skeptical and thinking how are how could you possibly pull off a Metroid game in in a first person? I mean, up until this point, first person shooters at the time were basically just run and gun action. Uh, we we didn't even have like Half Life Two at the point where you started getting more story being done in the first person games. It was all just yeah, Doom action. Like yeah, we had Doom, we had like Hexen, we had uh, yeah. Quake. I think yeah, Quake. Uh, was there and uh, Unreal had came out. So it was just all like it was all same, same, same. Just fast paced shooting, blowing shit up. Yep. Multiplayer like, too was a big thing. That's right. Yeah, first-person shooters. Yeah. And it was like you—that just doesn't fit in Metroid at all. But when it came out, and and I I got it because you know I'm yeah, I'm a Metroid, Metroid. fanboy, so <laughs> it's like well. I'm gonna get it, you know. <laughs> um, so I got it and and playing through it, and it captured so perfectly that that atmosphere that feeling that being alone that that exploration that 
I didn't think it was possible for them to do. And they did it in a, in a first person. So that I, that even put you in the head, you know, like you're looking through Samus's eyes. So you're not just controlling a character on the screen. Now you are that character. And I don't know. It, it was just, it was like a masterstroke to me, the yeah. way that they were able to pull that off. Yeah. I had a very similar experience where, and I do this with a lot of things where it's like, I wait until it gets a sequel. That means sequel. That means it must've been kind of good. <laughs> I didn't play Metroid prime until the second one came out. And I, cause I was the same way. I was like, Oh, I, when I play first person shooters, I want to shoot other people. I want to play quake. I want to play counter-strike. I want to do that. Yeah. The idea of like a really story driven first person shooter sounded so foreign and weird. And Metroid's very slow and you're exploring at your own pace and you know but when you finally play it it's like wow it translates so well and and just the same feelings you have when you're playing Super Metroid is like look how detailed this world is I had the same feelings playing Metroid Prime like you get an x-ray visor at some point and you can see Samus's bones through oh yeah like the gun and and when you step in water it like splashes and ripples around you it's like the technology was so impressive for GameCube that yeah I was like man why did I ever sleep on this so yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there's parts like when you use the the charge beam, and if you're close enough to a wall and you you fire in the wall, uh, it, it leaves like a little bit of a glow behind. Um, and as the glow bright flash or whatever, you can see the reflection of Samus's eyes yeah. in the visor. <laughs> yes, from the from the light reflecting off it. It's like just the little details like that's mm-hmm. like holy crap when it's raining just, oh, you can yeah. see like the rain running down her visor in front of you and they really mm-hmm. give you that feeling that mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not out in the open like i'm in this suit yeah 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 and it, it was it was great the way that they the way that they incorporated like the status uh say so, like you had your uh your energy tanks and and how much your missiles were and uh having all that like as part of like your your heads up display yeah, inside the visor, so it's like, yeah. So this is just like oh, it's perfect, it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> it's a real HUD. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So um, we'll we'll talk more about the Metroid Prime trilogy uh, coming up, as Joe alluded to. But uh, yes, the other Metroid game that came out that year was Metroid Fusion, aka. Metroid 4, which uh, Metroid we failed to 4. mention, Super Metroid was actually Metroid 3. Uh, they've, they've still mm-hmm. kept the numbering um, uh, scheme, even though each of them has a, a different subtitle, which I appreciate. Uh, and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about Part 5 coming out uh, later this week, as you're listening to this uh, later in the episode. But yeah, uh, Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance, right? Metroid 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has played Second this one? best game of the series. Ooh, Joe's calling uh, it. See, I... I, I disagree, but it's <laughs> the second favorite way up there. Mm. It's way up there. Yeah, man, Fusion is so. Oh, good. you said second. It's so good. Okay, you said second. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I agree with that. This is I'll the second second. best of the series. Yeah, no, okay. this is this game is so damn fun. So good. A nice like um, a nice twist on. I mean, not even really a twist on the series, but like it it, it introduces an element of suspense. That like you're kind of being hunted mm-hmm. while yes. playing through the game. That's like I'd never experienced in one of these Metroid games. I, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast already about like that feeling of isolation, mm-hmm. that feeling of being alone, and like this game completely like throws that on its ear by making you hope no one's in the room. Like you <laughs> want to be alone. Like yeah. the worst thing in the world is if you walk into the room and like that symbiote, like Samus clone is in there and you're like, what? No, yeah. uh, this, this game is phenomenal, man. And I tried playing through it like two or three times since it came out. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got it on the, uh, 
on the 3DS. It was one of the games that was gifted to me, I guess, for being an ambassador oh, that's for right. the, on the system. Uh, and ended up playing it while I was doing a play. Uh, when I was, whenever I was backstage, I had my 3DS out and I was playing Fusion. Mm. And man, like I would almost miss entrances because I was so into what was going on in this game. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's so good, man. I, in fact, I can't wait to play through it again. To, to this day, it's one of the two that I have not actually beaten. And it's only because I got stuck on one of the bosses uh, because I was playing on the Game Boy Advance and you know, you had the, the little cramped up controls and mm-hmm. it was the, I think the thing was called nightmare, basically this robot that is just it's like a multi-leveled takes, robot. It's like, yes. it takes up basically like four full screens yep. of your, of your GBA. And you've got to, you've got to climb walls to get away from things that it does. You've got to be able to jump cause it does shots that. Uh, will basically shut. hit you wherever you're at. Shut, 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 <laughs> shut. Um, yeah, so so I've I've never actually gotten past that part, and and I I think it's because the controls were so uncomfortable to play, mm. um, and so I'm, I'm I want it to come out on something with a bigger controller so that I can actually play it a lot more comfortably, and I I think I would actually possibly be able to get through it at that point. Or don't you have a? You've got the GameCube still, right? Uh, I don't have the GameCube. No. Um, oh, because I was going to say, if you have the GameCube and the Game, Game Boy player, player, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Game, Game Boy, Boy player, player, which I got, uh, yep. you can just go ahead and, and play it with one of the regular GameCube controllers. So I do we'll still have the cart. Yeah, I do you still have, have the cart. Yeah, I got the yeah. player. We could stream that shit, yo. <laughs> got to stream that shit. <laughs> Hell yeah! I think those are worth, worth something what? nowadays, uh, Jay. Hold on to that one. Oh yeah! Don't let Joe take that out yeah, of your hands. Yeah, I'm not gonna get rid of that shit. Don't trust he's, him. He's never gonna. No, dude, he's I'm not, shifty. I'm not gonna try to take that from Jay. <laughs> yeah, not, not Is that really worth something? I I have mine still in its box. That's crazy. Shut up! No, yeah, those not. things are those things are crazy. I valuable. do. It's over there in my bookshelf. It's it's one of my favorite games. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. It's could, still uh, in its box. We still got the instruction booklet. It looks like wow. it's in mint condition still. I love that thing. Yeah, you'd probably get a pretty penny for it. Yeah. You'll yeah. Pay for yeah. your kids' college with that someday. Hold on to it. Metroid Fusion. <laughs> now, real quick before we move this on. MS Aaron scholarship. Hey, Mark, I'll give you an <laughs> Oculus Quest for it. <laughs> I like that. Now, before we move on, what, kind of where does it go in the lore? Where are we at in the story now of Samus Aran? It comes after the third one. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Somebody else, where are we now in the story? What has happened? Yeah, so where we're at in the story. So in the in the first game, you're in, you go to ZB's, you, you fight the space pirates, you fight the mother brain. In the second game, you go to the Metroid's home world, SR388. Mm-hmm. Uh, Take a fight to them. As you're going through and you, uh, you, you, you're basically exterminating the Metroids. Um, Genocide. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, leave the baby at the, at the end. You pick that up in the third game. What you don't find out until Fusion, though, is that the, the Metroids on SR388 were actually the natural predator of this ex-parasite that now is infecting things in fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, for for some reason, I don't remember the exact portion of the story, but for some reason, you're sent back to SR-388 because things are happening and the Federation wants you to find out what's going on. Uh, Samus gets there, sees like all of the, the life forms and stuff that are still there. They're getting overtaken by this ex-parasite that's then 
killing the life form, but then taking on the form of it. So it's like uh, mimicking them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she ends up getting infected uh, while she's there, and she but ends she's up protected because of the the connection she had with the the Metroid. Well, not quite yet. So she she gets infected, and she is she escapes, uh, and basically her ship crashes. Um, but she had like a like an auto escape pod or whatever, and and there was a she's basically like on the brink of death. And this is all at the in the beginning of the game, like showing you the the cutscene for it. But she's like on the brink of death. The the scientists formulate a antidote from the Metroid cells. Ah. Because they they figured out that the the Metroids were the were the predators of these things, so they give her this antidote that stops it from from killing her. But her suit is still so infected and and just completely corrupted by it. So they had to cut pieces of her suit away. So that's why she's now in the fusion suit, which is basically all of the armor parts of her suit are gone, and what's left is just the 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 bodysuit essentially underneath. Yeah, looks badass. And that's the suit yes. uh, we'll see her wearing <laughs> in uh, the next Metroid game, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, all right. Anything else to be said about Fusion before we move on? Good. Cause, no, uh, it's, just, it's a badass game. Yeah. Badass it's, game. it's fantastic. Yeah. Even though I haven't beaten it, it is a yeah. awesome, awesome game. Hopefully Refined the rest of us. gameplay. Yeah. Yes. And, and awesome it, story. Yeah. And it, the it's consequences basically, of all your actions. Yes. And it's basically <laughs> set up uh, all of the... All of the games going forward, um, in, in how they in how they handle things like, you know, the fluidity of movement, the 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 power ups that you get, things like that. So that's the, that all kind of stems. That's why Zero Mission plays so well, and why I recommend it as the first one for people because it takes all of those advancements that Fusion had and mm-hmm. puts them into the into the original game. Well, that's a perfect segue then, uh, Jay, because two years later, 2004, we did get Metroid Zero Mission, which, as we talked about earlier, is basically a remake of the original, except they added a map, mm-hmm. souped up the graphics, added on a little, uh, a little, little uh, epilogue, right? A little something to the end after you beat Mother Brain. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, is, is the preferred way to play the original Metroid, according to this panel. What say you? Yes, absolutely. And 100%. That, that was another GBA game, right? Game Boy Advance. Sure, it was, yes. Sure would be nice if uh, Nintendo released these on something modern that we could all play for all of us that right? don't have Game Boy Advances or GameCubes. Uh, well, I'm hacking my Switch. <laughs> yes, we might be talking about that. Uh, all right, so that was a Metroid Zero Mission in 2004. Also, we would get uh, Metroid Prime 2 in 2004. Uh, which I think consensus is that uh, not as great as that first one, but still a pretty solid game. Uh, anybody? Yeah, it, it was definitely not as good, um, but it was still a it was still a fantastic uh, game. And, and it, in terms of the timeline, the the Metroid Prime games, all three of them take place between the first and the second Metroid games. Ah, there you go. So they're they're really like the lore building um, uh, of what's going on in the galaxy, essentially. Okay. Uh, the whole connection with the Chozo and more, you know, going more into the space pirates. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, I, I haven't played any of these games, so I'm, I'm kind of learning uh, what the Chozo are because I uh, I hear they play a pretty big role in Metroid lore moving forward. Yeah, you, you yes, put it on your, your migas, you put it on your, your breakfast burrito. <laughs> Chozo. <laughs> Chozo and huevos. That's my favorite uh, Mexican brunch. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, 2004. Next year, 
Uh, we would have a little game called Metroid Prime Pinball. Anybody play that one coming on 2005? Played that one. Yeah. I did play it. Yeah. What, what yeah, uh, console? I did not even know that existed. Yeah. So there that you go. Was that was on the DS. It was on the DS. Ah. Yeah, that was on the DS. Yeah. That's the first Metroid was, DS game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, I mean, it was like, a, it was a solid pinball game in addition to being good as far as, like depicting scenes from uh, mostly from Metroid Prime, but yeah, it wasn't bad. It, was, it was a good was little pinball? game. Man. It was, yeah, it was just a solid pinball game. I love yeah. the look of it, and uh, I mean, like one of the favorite moments of uh, any Metroid game is kind of rolling up into that ball and rolling around. So uh, yeah, why not make a pinball pinball game out of it? I like it. Wow, I did not even know this existed until just now. Wow, yeah. for real? Yeah, no, this was a this was definitely a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was good stuff. I think is I got Samus it. the ball. Yeah, Samus is the yeah. ball. <laughs> All right, <laughs> be it makes the ball. total sense. But yeah. All right. Um, well, that was sadly, I think, probably the better uh, of the two DS games that we would get because the following year would uh, show the release of Metroid Prime Hunters, which uh, anybody <laughs> Actually, have any opinions? Yeah. In hindsight, I enjoy the game. Right. Um, it, it's not a good Metroid game. Yes. It's yeah. basically a it's a first person shooter. Uh it's not a adventure game. You're not really going for power ups and stuff, even though the power ups are there, but it's not the exploration. It doesn't have any of the feeling of Metroid. Mm. But it, it's still a it's still a solid game. It's yeah. just not a Metroid game. Not what you go yeah, to Metroid. I would definitely for. agree with that. Right. Right. First person shooters to me were multiplayer. So I put hundreds of hours into Metroid Prime Hunters. I'm talking oh, really? yes. Yeah. Every night after school, I would de- team deathmatch it up wow. for a very long time. Yeah, I, on the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection and everything. I remember. <laughs> yep. yep. I mean that game was awesome. There was like yeah. a cool character. I think his name was Silux or something like that. It was like a Silux, red sniper. Yeah. Each character had like different weapons. I mean that game was from a multiplayer perspective. It was a great first-person shooter. But yeah, it was a yes. really bad Metroid game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry to disparage it. I didn't realize you uh, had such fondness for it. But yeah, I guess as a as a as a four player first person shooter, I could see where it'd uh, be entertaining to be in that world. But yeah, yeah. like Jay said, uh, it's not what you go to a Metroid game for generally. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, two thousand seven, the following year, would show uh, Metroid Prime Three, rounding out that trilogy. Um, anything to say about that one? Yes, Jeremy. Um, Mark? There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Metroid Prime 3, um, it was definitely the weakest of the Prime games. Yeah, um, I, I I did appreciate, though, that you know beyond the Wii, you had much better control over shooting. You know, because in, in Prime 1 and Prime 2, you were very much um, limited in, in, like, your free aim. Like, if you wanted a free aim, you basically had to stop, stand still. Yeah. Because you had to hold down a button to unlock the free aim. And when you had that button held down, you couldn't move around. You could just aim. Whereas in Prime 3, you had freedom of movement. You could aim while you're moving. You could you could do, I think, three different levels of... Uh, so you could choose like you, either you wanted the, the easy or the uh, intermediate or like the professional or the advanced uh, control. And depending on which level you were at was how much you would actually have to move the cursor before it would actually start turning the screen. Oh, yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, you also had the option of either having 
lock on and it would lock your cursor in place or you could have a lock on and free aim so you could mm-hmm. actually one of my favorite things was locking onto the boss character strafing around the boss character and as the little add-on little minions and stuff would come out using the free aim to nice. take them out but you still had the lock on the boss so you could still move around the the arena that to uh, uh, and avoid you know try to avoid getting getting taken out was that the first metroid uh, prime game on the wii yeah was part yeah. two was a gamecube and then the, this one i thought they were all on the gamecube and then they did that wii metroid uh prime trilogy later on but trilogy, uh, yeah oh. yeah i know the the trilogy came um because basically because yeah people love uh, that with prime three yeah people loved the that that freedom of movement so much they ported uh, the first two games to the Prime Three engine, but mm-hmm. there were there were tricks, and I didn't know this until um, actually until just recently. Somebody posted a, a, a screenshot of a side by side comparison. There were little tricks in in that they did on the GameCube, like your your different charge beams that you would get mm-hmm. had different effects that it would do on the on the mm-hmm. arm cannon. Ooh. And I, I remembered those, and I remembered things looking off on the when I got the trilogy, but I, I couldn't, I didn't quite place what it was that felt different about it. Just something, something looked off. Uh, but then, you know, like I said, somebody recently posted side by side, and you can definitely see it. Like the the wave beam, especially, um, you get like little cracks and sparks and stuff as you're as you're charging up the wave beam. Whereas on the trilogy version is just kind of this purple glow you know it's not it doesn't have all of the little sparks oh, and stuff coming off the bad. ice beam would actually freeze over like you would see like the ice freeze over our arm cannon uh and that doesn't happen the in the trilogy beam. doesn't happen in the trilogy no However, there's a lot of like effects that didn't get ported over no. you yeah. mean like the water rippling like yeah. that doesn't happen in the trilogy version anymore yeah. Um, yeah there's kidding. like a lot of weird little things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now all that stuff however is still in the game. It's still in like the game files. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because people have been working with this on the emulators, uh they've actually found those things and they've re-enabled them. Ooh. So you can get them but only through the emulation. You can't you can't like just buy the trilogy and play it on the on the Wii U or whatever and mm-hmm. see all the stuff. You have to do it on the emulator. Oh, gotcha. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, and I think even some things in Metroid 3 were taken out for because they fit all three games on one disc, which is insane. That to is me. true. Yeah. Um, but they took out some little detail stuff that was in Metroid Prime 3 for the trilogy edition. But I still think if you're going to go back and play the, the Metroid Prime series, the trilogy is the best way to go because the controls yeah. are so good. Yep. Yeah. And hopefully Nintendo will, uh, there's been rumored that they've got Metroid Prime trilogy ready to come out on the Switch. And they're just waiting to, to pull yeah. that trigger. I don't know why. Oh, probably, presumably, for Metroid Prime Four, they'll uh, come out with a trilogy in advance of that. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, uh, I figure. I figure that's what they're holding it for. Um, I, I, I just don't know because it's like if they if they have like if the rumors are correct and they've had it for the last basically two years at least. Mm-hmm. That's a long time to hold on to a game. I mean, all fairness, they spent time. one of those years trying to make sure the world wasn't going to end. So <laughs> I true. guess there's that. True. Yeah. Well, and then they went and cast Chris Pratt as Mario. So world's well, ending. We'll talk about that. I mean, you know. <laughs> Mark, we talked about that last week. Uh, what are your opinions of that Super Mario Brothers casting? Man, the only one I'm okay with is probably. Charles Martinet. About, well, yeah. I mean, come on. But 
probably Bow- Jack Black as Bowser is probably right? the only one I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I love that one too. What about Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong? Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. That's uh, not bad. That gives me that old. You remember that Donkey Kong Country TV series? I just. It reminds me of that for some reason. <laughs> Joe's yes. having an epiphany right now. I, for, I forgot all about that. I yeah, forgot I know. All <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was in Orlando when that news broke, and we were on the Tower of Terror. I was like, wow, this is really the Tower of Terror, isn't it? This is a, <laughs> it's, it's all, all part of the, of the experience. Of <laughs> it's part of the ride. I yeah. really did walk into the Twilight Zone. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, speaking of nightmares... There was another Wii game, uh, entry into the Metroid series, uh, that maybe was probably a little more hit, or or, or miss than hits, Uh, and I'm talking about Metroid Other M, which I actually own, I was gifted this, um, and have yet to play it to this day, because I read the reviews of it, and I was like, well, I can skip this one, Uh, I have no desire to to play this game, prove me wrong. I definitely have the unpopular opinion Ah. uh, on this one, because I enjoy the game it's set the story and and what they did for the story aside it's a good metroid game all right it has issues it's the first metroid game that was made by a third party right yeah well no retro studios uh, made uh the the prime games so they outsourced those games that turned out did okay. Team Ninja do those? No, well, no, no, I Team, didn't Team play those. Thanks. <laughs> Team Ninja did uh, Team Ninja did other M. Um, yeah, it was Retro, Retro Studios, Studios that did. did the Prime game with uh, with Retro Studios though. Nintendo actually bought them, so they are now a a first party developer. But you know, of course, Team Ninja is still third party. Um, but they do DOA. Oh, oh! Did Samus have bouncing boobs and other? Oh, of course, of course she did. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Did she, she really? Did. Oh, okay. not like during the gameplay, but yeah, during during some of the cutscenes cut and stuff when uh-huh. when she's in in the zero suit mm-hmm. uh, as it's called um, this cool yeah. positive female hero what we're gonna do is get the guys that make the game about girls whose boobs yes. bounce when they fight and play ball yeah. play ball yeah. yes what could and, go wrong you know i, I keep bringing up now. the developers for this very reason you know gunpei yokoi was very respectful and really wanted an awesome strong female and then you have sakamoto who is very kind of weird and and i think when metroid came under his control there's been some really weird stuff, and Metroid Other M is like that dude that that has that dude's name written all over oh, it, yeah. kind yeah. of. So yeah, yeah, and it's like I said. I mean, if you if you set all of that aside and you just look at it from the from the gameplay perspective, mm-hmm. yes, it's a it's a good Metroid like Metroidvania game. Like you you have the exploration, you have all of the different environments that you can go to. Um, for the most part, you have that that like that lonely feeling because mm-hmm. you're you're working alone. Even though there are other uh, like the Federation soldiers are there, you're still for the most part on your own. You're doing your own thing. What was really frustrating to me about that game, though, um, mm-hmm. was how power ups were acquired. Yeah, like there were a couple that you would you would actually go out and you would find them, like uh, missile upgrades and things like that. But for the most part, you start the game. You're fully powered up. You've got all of your abilities in your suit. You've got the you know you've got the the various suit. You've got the gravity suit. Nice. Um, I love that. You've got the missiles. You've got the power. You know the, the you got beam, the touch. All this stuff. 
Yeah. You got the power. <laughs> but when you when you start the game, you meet up with this um, squad from the from the Federation soldiers, and part of the squad is your old commander from before even the first Metroid game, where you were part of the the Federation army. And so, as I guess, as a show of respect, you, you decide, as, as Samus, you decide that you're not going to use your full abilities unless you are given permission to do so. Come on. By, by oh, your commander. Man. Yeah. That's bullshit. So, I... I <laughs> it's just I can awkward, kind of, you know? It's, like... it, it's very, yeah, it's very awkward. I can kind of see it from a... From a storytelling perspective, because one of the things that that from that a always storytelling perspective. Well, <laughs> well, no, no, I can. What, one of the things that's always been kind of silly to me is every Metroid game, you gain all these powers and all these abilities and stuff, and then the next one, you start over from scratch and you got to regain them all again. It so takes it's like, a little bit of clever storytelling, man. Like that's I know, all. I know. Or, or you just have those powers just aren't as effective on the next. Like I get, but I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But at the same time, like the, to to basically put herself in a position where she's like, I'm not going to use my powers yes. until I'm given permission. Like yeah, that is so sloppy. So exactly. and you know what takes less time for like some laser blast to hit her arm or something that controls go. all that stuff. And like yeah. while she's playing in the course of the game, she's repairing it slowly and regaining yeah. these and powers. Regaining as powers. Exactly. Not like that. Exactly. It's more honorable. Stuff like that. Stuff like that would have been perfect. Yeah. Like I, I love how they handled it in the original, the first Metroid Prime. Because in that one, same thing. You start off, you're you're fully powered. You've got all your stuff. But then as you're escaping the intro sequence, there's an explosion that happens. It slams you up against the wall, and your, your suit starts to malfunction, yeah. and all the stuff starts to get disabled. So then you start over from scratch at that point. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in, in this one, it's like... Again, I go back to like I can I can understand it from a storytelling perspective of you know she's got all her powers but she's not going to use them but there are parts that are just like just beyond the sloppy storytelling there are parts that are just stupid like you go through this uh, area that is like superheated and that's when you need your various suit which protects you from from superheat but the the area that you're running through you basically get to the brink of death. If you stop in this area, you will die. You have to run to get all the way through it uh, to get to the other side. And it's like, logically, why would she wait for Adam to mm. authorize her to use her various suit in this environment? She's going like, to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. I'd rather die with honor. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, no. No person is going to do that. That's just stupid. Yeah. So there's there's definitely some frustrating things hey, about it. I, got, I have a question. So Samus is supposed to be a bounty hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Is she a bounty hunter or does she work for the Galactic Federation? <laughs> so in the in the you know the lore and the story, um, she was an orphan in the in the manga. It's all. It kind of goes over her backstory as, as a kid. <laughs> it's Samus Aran. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Japanese vowels only have one pronunciation. <laughs> that is true. Not like in the English. You, you are correct. You are correct. But yeah, so in, in the manga, she is, uh, it kind of goes over her origin story of her family was on this planet. Uh, I think it's called K2L. And they were part of like a research colony 
and it got attacked by the space pirates. And this is when we first meet uh, Ridley, uh, who is like the leader of the space pirates. And her whole family, the whole colony is killed. She's the only one left alive because she was away from all the destruction or something. Mm. Um, Getting some real Mandalorian so, vibes here. Yeah. <laughs> so she she gets adopted by the Chozo, um, which is the you know the bird like race. You and they, put on the oh yeah <laughs> yes yes. Uh, and they you know they train her and everything. Guys are like making that. me real hungry, man. <laughs> like grab pizza out of the fridge. I'm like they keep talking about chorizo. And... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they they train her and they basically infuse her DNA with their own DNA, and that's why she's able to mm. interact with the power suit, which is actually a chosen warrior suit. Mm. How um, did they do that? I don't know. Magic. Don't worry about science. It. Chozo, okay. you know, it yeah. sounds, sounds dirty is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think they took advantage of this poor girl and you're trying to make it sound oh, poetic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The whole injecting DNA part. Oh. So, so yeah. Jay, you've been going on for 15 minutes. Is she a bounty hunter? Or does <laughs> that's, she what was, the that's what I was going to So, so after, after this, after she gets trained, she, uh, she joins the Galactic Federation. She joins him as a soldier, goes on, I guess, a f- maybe a few missions, and then decides this is not for her. She's not, she's not a soldier. Okay. She's, you know, she she's wants got to be soul, she's got soul, but she's not a soldier. Become- <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so she becomes a bounty hunter and leaves the Federation, but she works freelance. So when they need something, they can call on her to to go and do it. And that's how that leads into the story. The contract first. for hire. Got it. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, Joel, yes. when you work a freelance gig, yes. do you feel a sense of honor if you do a job for someone that you used to work with like five years ago and you're like, all right, but I'm not going to use this one camera angle unless you tell me I can. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not my yeah. place as a submissive uh, individual. As yeah. the geisha that yes. apparently they've hired. Exactly. Uh, <sighs> what right. a horrible yeah. step backwards for yes. this character. Yeah. It, uh, it, hey, yes. So yeah. the title Other M, is that supposed to be mother, like dis, like mother brain, like like rearranged, or is it Other Mother? <laughs> That's what I like to think. It's Other Mother. Uh, what does Coraline. Other M stand for? Or Other Metroid? Yeah, it's it's kind of another mother brain. Okay. Um, there you go. You, you kind of you kind of find that out as you're going along that the the Federation is basically building their own mother brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And when does this one take place in the, in the it's, chronology? It's between Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. Yes. Okay. But obviously after Metroid Prime Two. Right. <laughs> yes. Or three. Yes. I guess I should say. Right. It's also I think probably the first one that really kind of starts shedding questions about the 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 mm. Galactic Federation. Are they are they really the good guys and mm. um sounds about right for two thousand five yeah. or ten or whatever it came out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. question everything. Question authority. Buck Bush. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, well, unfortunately, that game would uh, sideline the Metroid franchise for about six years. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yes. I mean, the ripple effect of Metroid Other M is like pretty immense. Like Sakamoto, who I have mentioned a few times, he it's it's a really weird relationship he has with Metroid because in the marketing timeline of that game, he was like, you know, Samus is like a daughter to me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then that game came out. I was like, this is a daughter? For you, yeah. like, it's like, it's yeah. like Trump and Ivanka. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this yeah. Is kind of awkward. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then he said, I don't want to do any more Metroid games. I'm done with them. <laughs> Good. We don't want <laughs> you to do anymore. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And, and, and I think after that game, it's, it was pretty divisive, and a lot of people were like, I don't think we're going to get in another Metroid game. And then we got Federation Force, which was like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> totally worth the wait, right? And, and that that was I, kind of like nailing it home. Like, yeah, we're definitely never getting another Metroid game. Oh, after I think yeah. I was the only person that pre-ordered that game. Like, I was so, like, for some reason, I was so jacked about this. Like, I was like, Federation Force, we could do multiplayer Metroid on my 3DS. Yeah, I got that game and put like you could use your own like uh, avatar or whatever to be a character in a Metroid oh, game. Right. I was oh, into that no. for about five minutes and was like, <laughs> yeah. "What is this mistake that I've made?" It feels so, like the Metroid game shouldn't even be attached to that from the look of it and from mm-hmm. what we know of yeah. Metroid no. games. Yeah, it it should have just been like a, a like a, a like me space or something yes. like yeah. Like it it really has nothing to do with Metroid other than the fact that like. There are monsters from Metroid in this game, right? Yeah. Anybody else played this one? Uh, I have not played this one yet. All right. No. Then let's not no dwell reason. and jump right to a 2017 when uh, we would <sighs> we would take a turn for the better uh, in a 3DS yes. remake of uh, Metroid Two, and this time called Samus Returns. Right? It was Re- Return of Samus originally. Samus they switched yeah, it yeah. up to and then Sa- the remake of Samus Returns. Mm-hmm. Samus yeah. Returns and also it doesn't have the Metroid Two. It just has Metroid Samus. Returns. Oh, there you go. Yeah, brought us back to two D Metroid, uh, obviously, oh, but man. with a three D skin. All of our uh, models are all three yeah. D now, and uh, yeah, the place looks vibrant. It's more of a remake than a. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that, that a remaster, yes. right? They kind of took some liberties. Yeah, yeah. definitely a remake. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's like when they remade Final Fantasy IV, uh, for like the the DS and stuff. Mm. Like it is a completely different looking game than the original yeah. Final Fantasy IV. Uh, this man, this game is gorgeous, and it yeah. it got me so jacked and like l- l- just digging on playing Metroid again. Uh, yeah. it, it's. It's such a true adaptation of the original Metroid 2 while still kind of creating its own thing, which I really respect. Yeah, it's, I mean, such a, I think when I got it, I think I was nonstop texting Jay through every moment of the game. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Oh my God, this is great. Fuck this game. I never want to play this part ever (laughs) again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good, man. Now, yeah, I, I absolutely would agree with that. And, and, you know, even, Talking about like that, like it, how it expands on the original game, but it does its own thing. Like it, it in the in the original game, it's very it has a very uh, different atmosphere. Like there's there's this sense of weight. Like the deeper you go, the the fewer enemies you encounter because mm-hmm. you're actually wiping them out as you go down. Whereas whereas this one, it's more of the traditional style of metroid where the enemies will respawn mm-hmm. so you're constantly like you're you're running through things you you feel like a badass the whole time you're doing it the more power-ups you get the more badass you feel uh to to the point where things that were kicking your ass earlier in the game you can just blow right through them uh, you know as you go as you go into it now what's uh, fun about this what they added to this game uh and i don't remember it being in the original metroid 2 but they added this like this robot that yeah, like had yeah. been reprogrammed to like kind of take you out and you'd kind of you you take it out but then it kind of returns later on and ends up becoming like one of the 
one of the hardest boss battles. Um, but I, I, I kind of want to, yeah, the digger nut. Uh, I kind of want to stick to that the boss battle thing here for a second. The boss battles in this game were so dynamic and yes. so like outside of the box that it, I think one of them it may have been the very final boss battle was like you had to fight this thing, shoot this thing up, and then when it got weak, you went into ball form and then like went into it, and then it kind of turned to like a three D mode. Uh, maybe kind of like Prime, but you go in and then you set your bombs and stuff, and then like kind of set them off inside of it and kind of come back out. There was such a cool motion, like like that these battles became so much more epic, hmm. uh, and not in an obnoxious way. Like it added to the experience. Yeah, very very cinematic, and and one of the things that I I loved about it was like there there are points where where you are fighting like some of the evolved Metroids or the 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 later generations of Metroids, and you'll do something like it'll go to a cutscene, and you'll see, you know, Samus and she's like blowing missiles into them or whatever. You're actually controlling that as, as uh, at least the, the shots you're controlling the shots, but yeah, no, the, 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 the way that they did these fights, like the, the different Metroids specifically giving them their own little kind of uh, environments that they would go into. Mm-hmm. If you uh, later on in the, in the game, you would, uh, they would start running away from you. Like you would do enough damage to them and they'd be like, oh shit, I got to get out of here. And so then you would have to go on the hunt to try to find them. Oh. Um, it's, just, it's it's beautifully done, the, the way that they they put all this in. It got a little bit of flack uh, from the fan base. Oh, really? Uh, specifically, yeah. Specifically because the way that Nintendo handled the fan remake. Oh, uh, yes. AM2R. I was following AM2R. Like, I was following the development uh, from when I first heard about it for, I know it was in development for like nine years. I heard about it after the first couple of years. So I was following it for like a good six, seven years. It was in video game magazines. They were covering it. Uh, It was on blogs online. They were covering it. Uh, There were YouTube videos of people playing like the little demos that he would put out every now and then. It was well known. It was out there. yeah, it was like it was not something that was being hidden. And when it released, and it actually released, I think it was on the 30th anniversary. So I think it was like 20, 2015, 2016. It released, and for a good solid four to six days before Nintendo finally said, okay, you're shutting this down now. Aww. So what that did in my mind was Nintendo either they're incredibly fucking stupid (laughs) and didn't realize this was happening or they knew exactly what was happening. And they said, you know what? We're going to let this go because we don't really have anything planned for the 30th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So we'll let this get out into the world. Then we'll shut it down. But once it's out in the world, it's like the, the Streisand effect. Yes. Once it's out, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. You're, you're not putting it back. So they, my feeling is they let it actually get to the point where it released. Cause you see all these other things that it'll be like instantly, as soon as somebody says something like, Oh, I'm working on this thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, shut that down. Right. right. You know, that didn't happen for this. They, they let this come out. That's my feeling. Hmm. Yeah. And then came it's out with their own conspiracy theory. Hmm. I, was just about to, I was just about to start whistling. You're just too good to be. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out there. <laughs> 
Nobody yeah. knows. Well, I mean, well, obviously they had their own uh, sequel in development uh, since it mm-hmm. was released the following year. You know, who knows how long? Three or four yeah. years. Uh, yeah, kind of shady. Yeah, not very yeah. good. Uh, not a good way to endear your fan base to your company uh, or your franchise. Yeah. But uh, hey, that didn't stop it, and that hasn't stopped that same company from uh, taking the success they found in uh, Samus Returns and uh, turning it into Metroid Five coming out uh, later yes. this week. For the Nintendo Switch uh, by the Dread. same studio, looks uh, kind of similar. Yep. Obviously, they're kind of like reusing some sprites, um, upresed for HD now, since we're no longer on oh, a yeah. handheld. Well, we're yeah. no longer on any 3DS. We're, we're still on a handheld, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited about this, Jay. I know you've been following it. I think we're all Metroid fans. Obviously, doing a Metroid podcast, and uh, I have not pre-ordered it yet, only because I'm not going to be able to get to it anytime soon. I've got a, kind of a backlog of games I'm working through, but. I've been watching a lot of Metroid stuff, been consuming Metroid for the last couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, we're at peak Metroid right now, man. Yeah. They have, they have been promoting this game, mm-hmm. I think, more than I've ever seen them promote any Metroid game. Because they've got no, uh, other, uh, no other big games coming out this year, so might as well push the one you got. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's part of it, but I also think that they're, what, they're, what they're trying to do is start to finally take this franchise seriously yes i mean it's it's been around 35 years you know this is Mm -hmm. like it's one of their only like staple franchises you know with mario with with zelda and then you got metroid and they've just neglected it for so long that i think that they're finally starting to wanting to take it seriously and they want it to be a successful uh series yeah i think samus returns the remake was such a good way to show that you know this game series can still be relevant mm-hmm. um we can still be a cool space shooter in the in this age where there's so many cool space shooters um yeah. and you know metroid dread i mean what it was first announced like what in mid like early 2000s it was and, i think oh, that's like right. 2000 2003 2004 yeah. i think somewhere around there is when they when the name first came out and at the time it was like there were so many like theories about oh what the hell is what the hell is dread, right? Um, yeah, I, I think it's just crazy that we're actually getting it now. I know. It's, yes, it's hard to believe. I have have this a group of friends that I talk to. And we have inside jokes about you know Duke Nukem Forever was one of them mm-hmm. that was like that's never going to come out, and eventually yep. that came out. Um, Doctor Dre's Detox never going to come out, and Metroid Dread was one of the things. Where it's like that's yep. never going to come out. It's it's like it's a Often the distance imagination thing, but here it's coming, and that's crazy to me. Yep. Yep. I think it's probably not the same Metroid Dread that they announced a long time ago because I think Sakamoto, who's still working on Metroid for better or worse, uh, he said, they, <laughs> Oh, if we're going to do Metroid Dread, we're just going to start all over. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, well, they, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they've apparently they've restarted uh, Dread several times over the last 16, 17 years, however long Jesus. it's been. They, you know, they originally were doing it with the sprites, the, you know, the, right. the Super Metroid or the Fusion uh, style sprites. And then I think they eventually just scrapped it because it was like, it's not, it's not working. It's not what we want to do. So we're just not going to do it. And yeah, with when Mercury Steam uh, did Metroid 2 and what they were able to do with that and introduce the new powers like the, the, the melee counter and, just the fluidity of movement and the speed and really capturing like the essence of not only the, that second game, but also just Metroid in general. Cause it, 
it's a much more linear game than most of the Metroids. Whereas Return or Samus Returns definitely adds more of that Metroidvania feel back into it. Like there's a lot of looping back and going, yeah. finding a power, going back to something that you couldn't get to before. So they really like the, the, the developers, they really understand a Metroidvania game. Um, and they were able to, to translate that so perfectly for an actual Metroid game. Uh, and I think, yeah, when when Sakamoto and, and I guess just Nintendo in general saw that, they're like, I think we can actually make Dread happen at this point. You know, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's it's time. It's like, oh, this is what a Metroid game is supposed to feel like. <laughs> right. Exactly. Completely yeah. forgot. And they really, you know, what I love about Metroid Other M is I love the idea of cutscenes and I love the idea of like movie cinematic quality yep. stuff, but it just wasn't really well executed. So I think hopefully they're a little more along the lines of like Metroid Prime versions of style storytelling or even mm-hmm. Samus Return style of storytelling where it's subtle. You know, Samus is, un, for better or worse, a quiet protagonist, you know, just like Link and Mario. Mm-hmm. And 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 I just from the trailers alone, I think we're we're in for a treat, I think. Hopefully, yeah. it's hard to say because Nintendo's really weird with their flagship franchises and Metroid especially. You know, I feel like... In a way, Splatoon gets more love than Metroid does these days, but (laughs) hopefully this is a a revival for the series. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Although this is supposed to uh, kind of wrap up this story arc, right? Started with the original Metroid uh, through 2, 3, 4, and now uh, this is Metroid 5. Yep. Yeah. But then, I mean, you've got, what, Prime 4 on the way, too? Prime 4 on the way, yeah. That's right. While this does wrap up this particular arc... Mm -hmm. I mean, they could go off in so many different directions from here or even uh, find ways to uh, pepper in stories from between games, you know, kind of like the... Yeah, what the, Star Wars is the doing. original Primes, yeah. 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 I'm you just know, waiting how... for Poe Dameron to show up in Metroid <laughs> Dread and say, somehow yeah. Mother Brain has returned. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> how, <laughs> she's back. I am all the Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully that is not the way that uh, Metroid uh, Dread, Metroid 5 goes when it comes out later this week. Uh, but who knows? Stick around for future episodes where I'm sure we'll give our little mini reviews of Metroid Dread as they trickle out. Uh, all right, we have done it. We've gone our way through 35 years worth of uh, Metroid. We did it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully more <laughs> Metroid to come uh, now and in the future. Uh, I hope so. Sound off on your opinions, listeners, on uh, your favorite Metroid games, what is endeared you to the franchise, and uh, what you're looking forward to most in future Metroid games. You can do that on our Facebook page, 16-Bit Gladiators, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, at 16-Bit Gladiators. If you can't remember all that, well, all you have to remember is our website, 16bitgladiators.com. We've got links to all that and more. Uh, All right, next week on this little podcast, this is a a topic that we've been tossing around since uh, the beginning of this podcast about a year ago, Uh, and I think we're finally going to do it, finally going to talk about uh, NPCs, do a whole episode uh, dedicated to uh, non-playable characters, that's what that's uh, an acronym for if you're unaware. You down with NPCs? Yeah, you know me. You know me. (laughs) It started off, uh, we were going to call it sidekicks, you know, talking about some of our favorite uh, video game sidekick characters that you don't control but are uh, with you uh, throughout the game or have reoccurring roles. But uh, nowadays we call them NPCs, so we're just going to expand that to uh, non-playable characters and some of our favorite video games that left an impression on our hearts. 
Uh, and in, if you own a plasma, maybe on your TV screen, literally. You know, a little burn-in joke there for the nerds. All right, so uh, tune in next week to hear us talk about NBCs and sidekicks on another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for uh, bringing all your Metroid knowledge. Uh, Mark Zamora, once again, repeats serial podcaster. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, of course, Jay Gunn. This is the Jay Gunn show here on our Metroid episode. <laughs> uh, I love, love Metroid. So obsessed with so the series. Chatty, this fucking guy. Chatty, <laughs> chatty, chatty. Meanwhile, uh, used to, I grew up with him. He wouldn't he wouldn't talk to save his own life. He'd be like, Jay, what do you think? It's okay. Yeah. And now he's like, blah, 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 the Federation. Yeah. And she was raised by Chozo. And... Just weren't asking the right questions, and a lot apparently. of people think her birthmark's on the right side, but it's actually on the left side of her face. <laughs> Funny story. There was once a situation where they thought it was on the other side, but that was just berry juice. <laughs> well, Joe, uh, Joe Gugginati, once again, the talent of the show. Thanks for uh, coming on to talk hey. about half of the games <laughs> on this episode. Guys, thank you so much. I'm so I'm so sorry to be late as late as no, I was. That's okay. Uh, I appreciate the patience and stuff, but yeah, you know, it it was kind of nice, you know, to sit back and not have any like opinion or experience on some of this stuff. So I was <laughs> just like, right. you know what? I'm gonna just kind of take a rest here for a little bit. I'm gonna eat some pizza. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully we'll have uh, more opinions next week. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week on another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. Bye, guys. See ya. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.